This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Kyler got paid. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, Easy money. I don't know what his strategy was. The whole, uh, his strategy of, his strategy of getting rid of the Cardinals on social media and just going back and forth in the public worked. And, you know, he was willing to be traded. At the end of the day, he kind of had the leverage because the quarterback market isn't that strong. What are you going to do outside of Kyler? You have a win now team. You had to pay. And looking at this contract, five years, $230 million, $29 million signing bonus, average salary, $46 million. I'm just looking at this contract on SpotRack. Why is it so weird, bro? Why, why do they structure it that way? See, I got to learn NFL contracts because it, this is weird. Because this year, you get a base salary of 965,000 with an 11 million signing bonus, only a 12 million dollar cap hit. But if they cut him, that's a 110 million dollar dead cap. That's weird. Next year's base salary is 2 million, signing bonus 5 million, option 7 million, workout bonus 1 million. You get 1 million to work out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is fire one minute out uh, one million to work out that is fire oh my god hey yo hey hey but the third year his cap yet his base salary is 37 million and i'm just like his base salary after that is 18 million 22 million 19 million i'm like why do they structure it that way in 2028 is 34 million but by then, the Cardinals can cut him and have zero dead cap, bro. Do you, what I have to I have to come to understand. I have to come to understand NFL contracts because they make little to no sense to me. It's it's crazy how they structure it. I guess that's why they say you don't worry about the cap because there's ways you can get extra money. But I'm so glad this man got paid. He deserves it. He may be 5'10", but he's lightning quick. He has a huge arm. And he's just successful anywhere he's been. I believe in Kyler Murray. He going to be like that. Yeah, he in a tough division. But the Rams. The Rams are getting old. Seattle is tanking. The 49ers are injury prone. The Cardinals... If they can quit playing around in the second half of the season, we'll be fine. And Kyler Murray, I'm telling you, I look at him like Bo Jackson. I feel like he can do anything. He's just a supreme athlete, even though he is just 5'10". I'm telling you, you're going to see. And already, since he signed this contract, the foolishness has started. The foolishness has started. I mean, his division rivals... Their fans, I mean, they always hating. They always got sort short jokes. They always talk about his playoff record. They don't think he deserves the money. I mean, even Jenna Wolf got jokes. They were talking about what Russell Wilson said about hard work and tripling reps after practice and just doing more than what is required. Jenna said, put that in the contract. Oh, you got jokes. Y'all got jokes, huh? Y'all going to see. This man is the realest. Kyler Murray is the realest. This guy, man. Now, sure, he can't just take off for 70, 80-yard runs like he did in college. But his wheels are definitely a factor. And he has a a cannon for an arm. And the, the accuracy isn't bad either. I mean, sure, it could be better i mean that's what most quarterbacks but he gonna be fine now the study clause about him having a study and having to watch at least four hours of film 
First of all, how did that come out? Who leaked that? Who found out about that? Second of all, I mean, I don't get it. Like, why? Why Why would we do that? Is it something we don't know? Was he not putting in the work? Or, or were the front office people just assuming that he didn't watch film? Or did they actually see it for their own eyes that he wasn't studying? But, you know, one thing about Kyler Murray, what I've noticed is that if he feels that you are attacking his work ethic, he's going to speak out about it. That's the mistake that Colin Cowherd made. He spoke out against Colin Cowherd on Twitter because he saw a clip that looked like he was questioning his work ethic. Kyler Murray takes pride in his work ethic. So he wasn't going to let that fly. And you're going to see that he is not to be messed with. They got this, man. He going he gets better every year. Every year he gets better. And that's another reason why I believe in Kyler Murray because he gets better every year. I mean, I I'm I'm about to pull up his pro football reference page. Uh you know, I spend a lot of time on this, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not just saying this cuz he's a sooner, man. Like he is really legit. And also, uh, you know, I'm worried about the Ravens. All these quarterbacks getting paid, and Lamar Jackson is in line for a big contract. It's just the dilemma. It's a dilemma that they're going to have to face. Oh, my God. In 2019, he was sacked 48 times. Wow, that's crazy. Not even close to that ever since. Okay, so I'm looking at it. Okay, so he had a small drop-off in yards last year. He had less interceptions, but less touchdowns. He had less QBR than last year. Bro, he's going to be fine. I, I I don't care. I don't care what this says. I don't care. He's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to show y'all that he is worth every penny. I'm telling you. It's a wrap. All right, now I got to continue on about Juan Soto. So apparently some teams are in the running, like the Padres are making a push for him. The Dodgers were rumored. The Dodgers are in every big trade. I mean, they are the ones that gave us Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz, who end up being everyday starters for us. The only problem is we suck, but they are the future. Cabri Ruiz, that's my man's. I'm telling you, I like him already. I liked, I liked that trade from the beginning. He is going to be nice. He's already one of our best players. I mean, we, we got that back for pretty much um, Scherzer and Turner. In the short term, not a good trade. In the long term, perfect. Especially since the Dodgers lost Scherzer to the Mets, the team that might beat them in the playoffs. Now, ran it on about the Dodgers. But the other teams that were rumored to be involved were the Mets, the Yankees, the Mariners. Man, I even heard some crazy stuff about the Indians being involved and the Pirates. Now, the Pirates, now someone on Twitter said that They'll take Corbin and Soto for O'Neal Cruz and some prospects. Boom. Deal done. I'll take that. Give me that. I'll take that. That's not going to happen, though. But I would love that. O'Neal Cruz? Another young young star in the making? But you know what? I heard the Yankees and Mets are out of it because they don't want to give up too much of their farm. Boy, you're going to have to give up more than that farm, especially you, the Mets. You're going to have to give me, especially if you're the Mets, your top five prospects, Luis Guillerme, Mark Kenya, I want Mrs. Met, I want the Big Apple in the outfield, and I want the Statue of Liberty. Damn! That's right. Give me all that. Give me all that, you greedy chumps. 
But if he go to the Mariners, that'd be fun to watch. Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto? Man, that's like kid and play. That's like crisscross. Like, come on, man. I I would love to see it. I'm starting to warm up to the idea of trading Soto because we're not very good with Soto now. We're losing all these games. All these veterans we signed to fill the roster won't be here in the immediate future. This is a rebuild. Why not get some prospects back? Why not get some key prospects back? But I want bare minimum top three prospects. You can't give me that? Hit the road. And the gag is the next two years, the last two years of Soto's contract is in arbitration. That means he still might leave you in two years. And he might come back to us with our rebuilt team. You're done. But yeah, give it up. Give it up. Mm-mm. You gonna give it up now. Give me all that. Real life. But for now, you know, he isn't traded. And obviously, and, and, and Josh Bell is supposed to be traded too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I keep hearing it. I've been hearing his name for like the last year or so. He hasn't gone anywhere. I personally hope he stays at least for the rest of the season because he's just really good and I love watching him play. But at the end of the day, this is a rebuild and we're not winning. So I have to kind of swallow my pride when it comes to certain players because at the end of the day, we trash. And you know that. So... If he goes, he goes. But I don't really want him to go. See, I'm on, I'm on the wrong site. <laughs> oh, man. I'm about to look at... What am I doing? I'm about to look at Josh Bell's spot rack real quick. Real quick. While I'm ranting about the Nationals, I have to look at his contract and see what is going on here. <laughs> There's a Josh Bell that, that played for the Padres. Oh, oh, I see why they want to trade him. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year. So we're trying to get something back. He was nearly an all-star. So I understand trading him to get something back because we might not get him back in the offseason. Hopefully, when I go to the game tomorrow, this ain't the last time we play. We... This isn't the last time I see Josh Bell in a Nationals uniform. But at the end of the day, this is a rebuild. So I just just got to go with the flow and just embrace the tank. All right, now let me see. Oh, the Mystics. Oh, by the way, with the Golden L standings, I mean, well, first of all, the Mystics are out of contention for it because they're the only team with a winning record and their season ends in two weeks. So, and they're going to finish the season with a winning record. None of these other teams are going to finish with a winning record. So, it's, they got it, pretty much what I'm trying to say. They got, they got last place in Golden L standings. But I will put the updated Golden L standings on Twitter. But I still have to talk about the Mystics. The Mystics won again against the Wings. They kind of, okay, Arike Agumba Wale had 19. The surprise was getting bodied by, uh, shoot, man. McCowan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tierra McCowan. She had like 27 and 10. What? What? Where did that come from? I listen, I can't believe it either. But nevertheless, the Mystics were up 20 at halftime. They punished them. That makes me even more upset that we ever lost. To the wings in the first place. Because we didn't punish them the last three times we played. And at least twice without Deladon. Maybe. I think we played them three times without Deladon. And we won three out of four. That's crazy.
But it's just that this team, they got it, man. They they can do it. They can do it. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be tough sledding on God. Because in that first round, they get one of that top four. Like I keep saying, they'll get the Aces who just won the Commissioner's Cup, the little midseason tournament. Um. They're going to get the sky, the defending champs, and who are looking better than they did last year. Candace Parker, every time she plays against the Mystics, she gets a double-double. So, I'm like, I don't know. It's not looking good, bud. But they can do it. I believe in this team. We got a Deladon, and I'm telling you, man. A Deladon. Anything's possible. This woman can play some basketball. So when I went to the Mystics in Liberty on, I think it was last Thursday. Yeah. It was camp day. So it was a million kids there. Half of them were paying attention and half of them weren't. You know, their little high pitch screams and everything. It is what it is. It was, it was fun. The Mystics came out slow. But Della Dawn... Just was money. She was she was money. I think she had like sixteen at halftime. It's just she just makes it look so easy. Like she just she just be going in slow motion. Like it seemed like she be going in slow motion, but it's no wasted movements. The jump shot is pure. The post moves, the up and unders, the fadeaways. Just just awesome. You know what I'm saying? The way she can get to her spots. She's just a really good basketball player. I love watching her play, and I'm really thankful that the Mystics have her. But in that game, they were down 10 nothing. They were getting smacked in the first quarter. They brought it into a reasonable deficit at the end of the first quarter, and then they took off the second quarter, and... They never really looked back until probably halfway through the fourth quarter when the, the Liberty tried to make a game of it and Sabrina Unescu just kept bullying her way into the lane. That's what surprises me about Inescu. Like, sure, she can rebound, she can shoot, she can score, she can pass, but how much aggression she plays with, especially on offense. How she could just power her way to the rim. She got to watch them little elbows, though, when she going to the rim. But that that kind of surprised me when watching her. Natasha Howard had an okay game. See, the difference between this game and the last time the Mystics played them in D.C. is that down the stretch, when they were getting closer, their supporting cast wasn't hitting those threes. Allen wasn't hitting those threes. Number 23, she hit one little one-leg, one um, she had a little one-legged, she had a little one-legged three-point shot and thought they were all going to fall. So she just kept taking weird-looking shots, and they weren't falling. And I think one of them airballed in the fourth quarter, and it was critical. See, we took their supporting cast out the game down the stretch. And that was the difference, and they just ran out of gas. Um, great defense, especially the last two minutes. Clutch buckets by uh, Elena Deladon. Alicia Clark hit a clutch bucket. I think she had some free throws, too. I loved it. She didn't even score the entire game till the end. So, I'm talking about Alicia Clark. But, man, what a game. What a game. Uh, they showed up for the fans and the campers. Um, they play the Aces very soon. They got a two-game set with the with the Storm tomorrow and Sunday. And I'm still back and forth from whether or not I want to go. I'm probably not going to go. I want to. But I'm probably not going to go. Even though, you know, they play tomorrow at 12, and then on Sunday they play at 3. 
doubt I go to either game, especially when I'm streak chasing and and bonus chasing with left. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking at the standings, and it just looks like it's going to be Mystics versus Storm in the first round. They're both 18 and 11. Connecticut Sun got two-game lead on both. And it's like, unless the Connecticut Sun or the Las Vegas Aces, unless unless one of these teams just completely collapse within the next two weeks, we're looking at Storm and Mystics in the first round. I think that's how it goes, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, if that's the case, that's going to be a challenge. But we can do it. We can do it. You know, just do what we did against the Liberty. You know, um, Stewie. Stewie's going to be on a store. It's going to do her thing. She's really good. Got to take Sue Bird out of the game. You got to take Jew Lloyd out of the game. Oh, Tina Charles. Oh, nah. Nah, we, we definitely can't let her rock after she left her left our team. We can't let her rock. We do that, we can win this game. And I assume we'll be playing the Sky or the Aces right after that. And we beat the Aces twice. So I'm like, we can do it. We can do this. We got this. <laughs> we we got this man real talk i believe in the mystic y'all gonna see even though it it looks it looked like it's gonna be a tough road to another title all right man uh all right what what else we got here oh another year another year Another SBs. Another episode of me coming on the mic saying that their best team vote is bogus. It's bogus. Now, before I continue to go in on the best team vote, I just looked at the WNBA playoff format, and it doesn't look like the Mystics, unless they end up the four seed, if they stay at number five, which I predict they probably will, which I predict they, they I can see them being the fifth seed, they would be in some sort of play-in, a single elimination play-in. Now, what I am hoping in this play-in, that we get the Mercury. I want the Phoenix Mercury. I want to punish Sophie Cunningham for that little dust-up that she had with Maisha Hines Island. No, they have to get her back for that. You're going to have to punish her and send her home. The only problem I have with that is Skylar Diggins-Smith is on one and not going to be able to stop her. But at the end of the day, we got the better team. So I hope somehow, some way, that we end up the fifth seed and we play the eighth seed Mercury. I know a single elimination, you don't want to, Leave it up to chance, but in our building, why not? I know I know the Mercury beat us two out of three, but I just hope somehow they drop to us and we can punish them for what happened last time. But if it turns out that way and we play the the Sparks, the Wings, the Dream, I'm cool with any of those. Like I said, we won the season series against all of those teams. Okay, the Sparks, uh, the Sparks, we play one more time. We split. But we, we played them one more time. But swept the dream. Won three out of four against the, the Wings. So if, if it turns out to be a play-in situation against one of those three teams, I'm really confident. But I really want the Mercury because Sophie Cunningham going to have to get that work. She's going to have to answer for the last game. Anyway, I like her. I like Sophie Cunningham, but she's she going to have to get this work. Anyway, the SV's best team is loafing once again. The Oklahoma Sooners were so dominant, they had to put them on the list. They had to put them on the list because they were that dominant. 
And I'm looking at the best team list. Here were the nominees. Here I go again. The best team nominees for this year were the Colorado Avalanche, the Golden State Warriors, Chicago Sky, Atlanta Braves, Los Angeles Rams, Oklahoma Sooners softball, Georgia Bulldogs football. Automatically, the best college football team is going to be on this list. Obviously. No college baseball team. Come on, that was a Cinderella. They weren't even supposed to be there. No college basketball team. Kansas, they they should have had some consideration because they they were pretty good. I'd rather have them up there than the freaking Braves and the Rams. But it's pro sports. You got to consider them. You know, everyone knows them. But here's the thing. You already know the women's sports weren't going to get respected in these votes. I mean, as a team, best team I'm looking for, most dominant, most impressive. That That's how I look at it. Now, the Warriors won. And I'm just like, no. Because I'm like, the Georgia Bulldogs, NCAA football, they lost one game to Alabama. They avenged it in the championship, and they had a historic defense. They could. They deserve more consideration. Okay, the Braves take them out. They got hot. They were like maybe the third or fourth best team in the league. They just got hot. Okay, whatever. Chicago Sky, same thing. They just got hot at the end. The Rams barely won. Like they just they just came out on top. Like they're not they're not as as dominant or as impressive as the. Georgia Bulldogs, the Warriors, but the Warriors, you know, you raise an eyebrow because um you raise an eyebrow because against the Grizzlies, John ja Morant got hurt. And it's a huge what if. And they got destroyed in that game five without John ja Morant. And then they kind of struggled with the Celtics. If I had to choose any pro sports team in this list, it has to be the Avalanche because they were the second best team in the NHL the entire season. And they only lost, what, maybe four? They only lost four playoff games? Yeah, they only lost four playoff games. That's crazy. But at the same time, you look at that Stanley Cup, the first game, Went to extras. One of the other games went to extras. I think it was uh, game four or game five. Those games could have went either way. Most of them games could have went either way outside of game two in game three. I just don't think they were as dominant as Oklahoma softball, who for the second year in a row broke a bunch of records, only lost less. They lost less than five games. They only lost three games, even less than last time somehow. Because I think last year they lost four games. This year they lost three. So I'm like, yeah, it wasn't even close this time. Remember in the championship last year they lost a game against Florida State? This year they ain't even losing a championship. They punished, we punished our rivals. Except in the Big 12 championship. I don't know what that was about. But punished our rivals. Broke a lot, broke records. Again, only lost three games, had 10 more runs scored, 10 times the amount of runs scored than allowed. Like, no one else on that list can say anything like that. But, of course, it's going to get discredited because it's women's sports and it's women's college sports. Done. I'm done. I think the only reason they're on this list is because, you know, a lot of celebrities were paying attention to the College World Series because Oklahoma was just dominating. And it was on ESPN, and it was for the world to see. They put on a show. But they get slept on two years in a row. At least Jocelyn Allo got the best college women's athlete award at least 
They left with something. But man, they were sleep. If I was to rank this list, the Warriors would be the middle of the pack of this best team ESPYs vote. Out of the out of the nominees, at best, this is the fourth best team on this list. I said I said something like this last year. I don't know who won last year. But I said something like this last year. When the yeah, the Buccaneers won last year. It's only because of Tom Brady. It's only because of Tom Brady. They weren't even the best regular season team. And that's another thing. None of these teams were the best regular season team either. Except Georgia. Everybody else, some of them just got hot at the end. And the other ones, they were like the second or third best team. <sighs> Y'all crazy, man. Y'all tripping. They, they'll always sleep on women's sports. At least in this day and age, it's it might take some time, but listen, Oklahoma Sooners in the softball world and definitely in Oklahoma definitely get all the love that they deserved and earned. It's just that the national and global level, it, it just ain't there yet. It is what it is, though. It is what it is. It's like, nah, it isn't. I'm pissed. (laughs) But come on, man. Dang. All right, man. So training camp has started. So some quick things I've heard. So I guess Tyreek Hill, this is off the top of my head. Tyreek Hill still hyping up Tua and Tua's trying to ignore the critics. Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) Julio Jones with the Bucks. Wow, as if. The Bucks didn't need any more firepower. <laughs> of course, I'm in D.C. and I listen to sports radio all the time. So I had to hear that corny new fight song that sounds exactly like the old one, but with, you know, cornier lyrics. So, yeah, I mean, I guess. You should have just kept you should just kept the regular song, but you couldn't you couldn't because they had the word Redskins in it. Team trash. And I heard little things about them having Aquafina water and G two Gatorade, not even body armor and regular Gatorade for your media members at training camp. They can't even do that right. <laughs> oh my God, Chase Roulier, they uh. They activated him off the physically unable to perform list. That's good for them. They need all the help they can get. Even though I will say their line last year was pretty good, especially when I saw them play against the Buccaneers. They shocked me how dominant they were up front. Their line isn't isn't bad. It isn't too bad. It's just quarterback can't hold on to the ball. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not worried about the Commodore unless Carson Wentz plays like he did in 2016 and 2017. More like 2017 and 2019. If he play like he did in 2017 and 2019, we might be in trouble. The division might be in trouble. But since I'm expecting somewhere in between 2020, 2017, 2019, Carson Wentz. 2020 Carson Wentz was absolutely terrible. He ain't going to be that bad, but he ain't going to be as good as 2017. So I'm expecting somewhere in between kind of like 2016, 2018. That still won't be enough. Even when you get Chase Young back, I'm rooting for this kid, man. I, I really hope he gets back. He is my favorite player on the Washington sitcom. So I really hope that he comes back stronger than ever. But I don't think it'll matter because the Washington sitcom is a joke. Wow. So the news is that Chase Young will probably start on the physically unable to perform list, a.k.a. PUP, the PUP list. 
to start the season. I mean, he, he hurt his ACL. He tore his ACL in the middle of last season. So I'm not really that surprised. Um, so expect him second half of the season. And like I said, I hope he comes back strong and back to his old self, and if not, better. Now, the bird. It's 2022. The season has started. So it's about time for you to respect the bird. That is the word. Like I said, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Jordan Davis. Man, come on, man. If these guys can play the way they're capable of, it's a wrap. I'm so glad we got Brandon Graham back. He's always been consistent. He's been a great player over the years. Super Bowl hero. I'm telling you, it's it's on, baby. It's on. Now, the bird is to be respected. And you're going to see, man, I ain't that worried about the Cowboys. Even though they got my main man, uh, C.D. Lamb. You know, he's going to have more expectations. He's going to be the main guy. And he's going to rise to occasion because I've seen it. I seen it at OU when he became that guy. He played all American caliber football. And now he got a quarterback like Dak Prescott. But at the end of the day, not messing with the bird. Not messing with the bird. Jalen Hurts, I believe. Now, okay. Oh yeah, Jimmy G. They're moving on from him. I don't know if I mentioned that. I don't agree with it. I think they should roll with Jimmy at least one more year. I don't really believe in Trey Lance, but hey. This is the same thing I thought about the Kaepernick Alex Smith thing. And then you saw how that turned out. It turned out great in the short term, but also, you know, he had a great team around him too. But no, 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 no. It turned out great in the short term. He went to the Super Bowl and were one play away from making another one. So I don't know if Trey Lance can do all that, but got the right coaching staff. You got the defense. Might be all right. But I still disagree with it. I, I think they should have rolled with Jimmy, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, they find a trade partner for Jimmy G and, you know, he don't ride the bench the entire time. Oh, man. Hey, real quick, man. The Madden ratings, the overreaction about that. Y'all just, y'all amping everything, bro. Y'all act like they can't change the ratings in the middle of the season. They literally just created a ratings adjuster hotline that you can call and tell them about who should come down and who should go up. They're constantly updating the game. Y'all just need something to talk about in the offseason. I mean, come on, all this women's basketball, all this golf, all this tennis, y'all don't want to talk about none of that. But we want to talk about Madden ratings. Get up out of here, son. Half of y'all don't even play it. And you ain't good. So cut it out. It's ridiculous. Can't wait for an NCAA uh, football game, though, so I can bring back my Sooners. Because what I used to do, what I used to do in college was I did franchise mode, right? I did dynasty mode. And week by week, I would play the game that we had in real life once a week, usually on Fridays. Man, I won so many games. I put up so many yards. But yet somehow, some way, in my first four years of doing this, I only had one title. Come on, man. That that was crazy to me. <laughs> one title in four years. But at least I won a title. But yeah, I'm trying to bring that back, man. That was fun. But yeah, quit freaking out about these Madden ratings. And hopefully the NCAA game come back by next year. So off the top, I should have wrote this down. My top five Sooners of all time. Off the top of my head in football and softball. So football, Adrian Peterson, Landry Jones, Baker Mayfield, Kyla Murray, Lane Johnson. I have to think about it a little bit more. Honorable mention to like Ronnie Perkins and uh, Tamar J.P. Ryan and Ryan Broles and C.D. Lamb. Uh, 
honorable mention those guys. You know, I have to think about it, but those, but those are the five off the top of my head. Uh, Bosworth get honorable mention because he's just iconic. But um, yeah, top five Sooner players football: Adrian Peterson, Landry Jones, uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Lane Johnson. So in softball. Lauren Chamberlain, Kalani Ricketts, um, Jocelyn Allo, Destiny Martinez, maybe because I had a huge crush on her. And uh, shoot, man, Paige Parker, Paige Lowry, I flip a coin. Uh, one of them. <laughs> Those are my top favorite softball players off the top of my head. A lot of honorable mentions like Jessica Schultz, uh, Shay Knighton. Sydney Romero, uh, shoot, uh, uh, G. Juarez, yeah, 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 Giselle Juarez. You know, this, I, I don't know, this is a lot, lot, lot I'm thinking about. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of them, man. They, we've had some good players come through here the last decade or so. But yeah, my top five, off the top of my head, Lauren Chamberlain, Kalani Ricketts, uh, Jocelyn Allo. Destiny Martinez, Paige Lowry, or Paige Parker. Yeah, that's that's it. Okay, so, okay, more about the Nats. The Nats, I can't believe this. This is how crazy this team is. I thought they were going to split. They weren't going to get a 2-1 split in Arizona because I thought, you know, Arizona's below average team. We're coming off the break. We're going to surprise the hell out of them. Man, we got boat raced the first two games and barely won the third game. And let me tell you something. Madison Baumgartner is soft. And you know that. It Just old man, get off my lawn. I looked at that Victor Robles home run. First of all, what are you doing giving up a home run to Victor Robles? The guy that started 0-16 to start the season. That was his third home run all season. And you gave up a home run to him. Trash. And you know that. That I mean, you imagine having that great of a game and you give up a home run to one of our worst hitters. Game over. Just stop. Full stop. You should be ashamed of yourself. How do you get the W for your team, but somehow still take an L in that situation. The L within the W. That's terrible. Soft. And everyone knows, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people agree with me that, you know, Madison Baumgartner was being a little sensitive. I looked at the home run. It wasn't much. I mean, he, he he literally was looking at it to see if it was going to go out because he's not used to hitting home runs. But you want to get all sensitive about it. Huh. Victor Robles bodied you in that situation, and he stole a base off you. Like, you just got to stop. You just got to cut it out. It's not that serious. And you won the game. Relax. Jesus Christ. You should not be letting uh, Victor Robles hit home runs. Period. Period. Come on, man. I hear you playing. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, you know, they lost two out of three to Arizona. But then they took the first two against the Dodgers. Wow. I thought, surely. The Dodgers was going to sweep this, and it wasn't even going to be close. I thought it was going to be like the Mets series where they lost all three games, and they got shut out in two of the games. I thought it was going to be like that. Man, they won the first game 4-1, and then they won the next game 8-3. They had like a four or five run eighth inning. I'm like, what the heck? Where did this come from? Man, What? Are you serious? Even with Mookie Betts hitting a home run in game two. But, you know, we dropped the third game 7-1. That's fine. The fact that we got out of L.A. with two dubs? 
Y'all do know that we split the season series with the Dodgers, which blows my mind. They took two out of three here. We took two out of three there. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. But we got the Cardinals this weekend. Uh, they should. The Cardinals should have a fresh Arenado and Goldschmidt because they didn't travel to Toronto because of Canada's uh, COVID rules, which is apparently similar to ours. Anyone from out of the country has to be vaccinated. That makes sense. I get it. So, yeah. There you go. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'll be at the game tomorrow, uh, Saturday, and I'm excited. Uh, DC United got smacked by Montreal. They tried to come back. I'll give them credit, but they fell short. And then, of course, I mean, Bayern Munich, if it wasn't for Bayern Munich being on this American tour and, I guess, making money and chilling with their American fans, they wouldn't be anywhere near the DC United team. They destroyed us. It was like 6-1. I'm like, come on. I'm glad I ain't go to that game, man. I would have been heated. Or maybe I would have just laughed because, I mean, it's Bayern Munich. It's one of the best soccer teams in the world. And we're going, and they're going against pretty much a bottom tier MLS team in a less than average league. So, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? But DC United still in last place. I mean, the Nationals won a few games, so they're they're probably they probably dropped back in the Golden L standings. But DC United, they still trash. We traded for somebody else. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. Still not winning. But you know it is what it is. Hey, Baumgartner pitches tonight. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't know he was six and nine. Well, okay. All that energy you have for the Nationals, I'm gonna need it for the Braves tonight. You better do it. Hopefully, by the time y'all listen to this, Baumgartner would have dominated the Braves like he did the Nationals. Because if he didn't, I'm gonna call him out. Facts. Anyway. It's time for the return of another hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is between the 2017 Oklahoma Sooners football team and the 2012 Texas A&M football team. A.K.A. Baker Mayfield versus Johnny Manziel. Two guys y'all like to compare. This should be fun. This is pretty much a spinoff of the episode I did where I did my dream 2017 OU football schedule. Where I put it through what if sports and they finished 6-6. Six and six, Which is barely bowl eligible. This is the bowl game. The 2012 A&M Aggies, who I think they finished with like three losses, I believe, maybe two. Anyway, this should be a good matchup. A lot of offensive fireworks. And without further ado, I'm going to get into it. So right off the bat, uh, Rodney Anderson, nine-yard TD pass from Baker Mayfield, 7-0, 2017 OU. Then Texas A&M answers back with a long drive. Manziel picks up half his running yards in this drive. So already off the bat, he's using his legs. And he finished the drive with a four-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans, of course. 7-7. It's tied up already. Then OU quick strike, five-play drive, which finishes... With Baker Mayfield to Marquise Hollywood Brown over the middle, 14 to 7. But then 
A&M slows down a little bit. They they have a three and out. And then OU wastes no time. Uh, 10-yard pass to Michael Jones for a touchdown, 21-7 OU. Another long A&M drive, but this time it results in a field goal. So still 2017 OU up 21-10 at the end of one. Then, you know, Oklahoma finally punts. The, the offenses slow down a little bit. But Texas A&M on a routine pass to Mike Evans, he turns, spins, makes Bolton miss, and he fumbles and is recovered by Stephen Parker. So Oklahoma once again makes them pay as Rodney Anderson punches it in for another touchdown, 28-10. to 10. But A&M responds quickly. Manziel to Malcolm Kennedy for 17 yards for a score, 28-17. So, Oklahoma has a great two-minute drive, and they score with 38 seconds left. Rodney Anderson, his third touchdown of the half. One-yard run. One-yard run for a touchdown. So, it's 35 17 at halftime. So the defenses rule the third quarter. Uh, but the opening play of the third quarter, Nuwachu, I think that's what his name is, from AM. He fumbles and OU recovers, but they don't capitalize. AM does nothing. And then in the middle of the third quarter, Oklahoma goes up 42-17 after a five-yard pass to Chase Neville from Baker Mayfield. It's 42-17. So Austin Seibert hit a field goal in the fourth quarter. Mike Evans had a nice 15-yard catch. And then Ben Molina took a draw play to the house for 43 yards. Pretty much a garbage time touchdown. 45-24 OU. They win. Great win for 2017 OU to close out my dream 2017 schedule for them. Here's some stats. 2017 OU, 37 first downs. 2012 A&M, 20. Uh, 2017 OU, 240 rushing yards. A&M, 210. So two turnovers for A&M, both fumbles. None for OU. Manziel, 16 for 20, 197 yards, two touchdowns, 14 carries, 49 yards. Mike Evans, five receptions, 58 yards, one touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 22 for 26, 333 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Rodney Anderson, 20 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Marquise Brown, the leading receiver, four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Put this into what is sports. That's what came out. And you know that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level, but you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.